Richard Pyatt here. Glad to be with you on another Community Matters. You're hearing us on 95.3 WBCK Saturday mornings after the 8 o'clock news and anytime at battlecreekpodcast.com. Are you familiar with an organization called the Village Network of Battle Creek? If you're not, this is your opportunity to become informed about it. The Village Network is a collective of nonprofit organizations led by members of Battle Creek's Black, Indigenous, People of Color communities collaborating to achieve equity and challenge systemic and structural barriers to their growth and prosperity, effort, and plan. That is directly from the website of the Village Network, and Dr. Nakia Bayless is the director of the Village Network, and she's here to talk about it today. Good morning. Good morning, Richard. Happy to be here this morning. Well, thank you for this uh, opportunity. So the Village Network was uh, previously, I think, uh, uh, similarly intended, was part of the United Way, and then there was an opportunity to to work independently, and that's where you are now. Is that correct? That is correct. It, it started out as an initiative, um, and it was under the W.K. Kellogg Foundation's Catalyzing Community Giving program, and that was designed to really support uh, leaders of color becoming their own agents of change in their communities, and it was an opportunity for us to learn and grow and become aware of how other communities were attacking and and trying to overcome some of the hurdles and challenges to some of their their priorities and and issues in their mm-hmm. communities and so it just really organically grew into an opportunity for not only these leaders becoming their own agents of change through their organizational leadership, their individual organizational leadership, but to continue to really come together and build a coalition for movement building together. And so then that in turn created the necessity for us to uh, create a formal organization to support Mm -hmm. the coalition. So there are, as I recall, 10 organizations involved in the Village Network, and you can name them if you want to. Uh, Oh, happy to. Yes, yes. We always want to lift them up. We have Big Homies. We have the Burma Center. uh, We have uh, Catching the Dream Learning Center. We have Community Fatherhood, uh, Cool People, uh, Kingdom Builders, New Level Sports Ministries, uh, A. Philip Randolph Institute. Uh, Truth in Action, Full Gospel Ministries, and the Southwestern Michigan Urban League. Okay, that makes perfect sense, uh, these organizations. So when you bring them together and you talk about the mission of the Village Network, are you all able to agree on, on how to move forward and what areas on which you should focus? Absolutely. So what we did uh, as as we transitioned the work from the initiative into the formal organization with the necessary infrastructure to better support uh, the creation of the ecosystem, we, we identified where they're already working. Rather than overloading them with additional work, we looked at where are you already showing up strong in the community? Hmm. So how do we strengthen those programs and services through the coalition, right? Through movement building, through collective impact. Uh, Where are their shared 
shared initiative, shared objectives, shared goals. And so what we did was we really built the work of the, the collective work around the leaders rather than trying to create something new. And I think that's really the innovative framework that that grounds this work is that we're not trying to recreate the wheel. We're not trying to uh, recreate work or duplicate work in our community. We're trying to identify not only the work that's happening across the network membership, but across our community partnership as well. And how do we leverage those relationships that already exist or build new relationships to create pathways that get us to the towards the the manifestation of those shared goals? Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit, if you would, about what those goals are. What do you hope to achieve? Absolutely. So we have three principal priority areas that we've identified um, uh, need and and responsibility for change. Um, And what we did is we, we identified those through a series of community conversations while the work was still in its initiative format. So we took the voice of residents and we said, okay, what are we hearing? What are the issues that we're hearing from residents? Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, our residents are partners in this work. We look at them as true partners in this work. We have to have authentic relationships with the residents in order to understand the real issues and attack them and peel back all of the layers of the onion. Oftentimes, we're not peeling back enough of the layers. And so mm-hmm. what we're finding is we we have identified three priority areas, education, justice, economic justice and social justice with an end goal of asset and wealth building. Because at the end of the day, if we have more BIPOC residents participating, actively participating in our local economy, we increase our local GDP and our state GDP. That's a benefit to everyone. That's not just a benefit to Black and Brown community members. That's a benefit to the entire community, the entire city, the entire state. And if we can take this model and the toolkit that's being created, but created in a way that must be calibrated to each individual community, right? We take this framework of partnership, this model of partnership and relationship building and take it into other communities, then we build a a wider coalition. We build a broader coalition so that now we have broader economic participation. That is a benefit to everyone. And so in these areas, education justice, economic justice, and social justice, we've identified primary areas that we're trying to uh, address. Um, And we do that through really kind of three bucketed areas in each of our priority areas, which can be uh, viewed on our website at villagenetworkofbc.com. But in the the education uh, justice area, we're looking at what if every BIPOC child in Battle Creek was kindergarten ready? And what is our role in supporting that? Reading, writing, and STEM achievement. What is our role in that? College and career readiness. What is our role in that? And positive community engagement. What is our role in that? And we look at our areas of focus in, in that is uh, birth to early childhood, middle school, and high school. And so across the network, we look at what are the programs and services that are being provided in each of those age groups, if you will, uh, to support kindergarten readiness, reading, writing, and STEM achievement, and so forth. Then we look at what are our partners doing 
Where do we have partners that are doing amazing work that we can connect in relationship with better to ensure that we're providing holistic wraparound resources to not just the child, but to the parents. And that's where we get to economic justice, right? right? right. So what? how do the parents fit in? How are we supporting wealth and asset building, employment and business, business and entrepreneurship? And what if, what if every person of color in Battle Creek had access to quality employment? And what is our role in that? entrepreneurial support for success, successful business ownership. And what is our role in that? And in increasing in assets and wealth, what is our role in that? And what, where do we have partners in the community that can support and fill in the spaces? And then in social justice, we're looking at voting and engagement. We're looking at allies and advocacy, and we're looking at leadership of our elected officials and how we relationship with them. So you'll start to see our leaders really uh, take an initiative and, and and intentionality around how we connect voices through social advocacy, how we relationship with our elected officials, how we hold them accountable for the platforms that they that they stood upon when they were elected. Sure. I find it interesting. You uh, have made a point of saying a key component in, in what the Village Network is doing is examining what's already being done and Correct. then trying to to bolster those connections. So I think what you're saying is there are significant efforts out there already. We may not need to add to them. We just need to make them more impactful. Yes. Somehow the connections aren't always being made. And together, these 10 organizations with your help are going to try to fortify that. Is that fair to say? That is very fair to say. Battle Creek is a resource-rich community. It's about how we relationship better to increase the impact of those resources as they reach the ground and ensuring that they're reaching the people that need it the most. As we if we if we go deeper, again, peeling back the, the layers a little bit deeper and getting to root cause and really addressing some issues through communication and shared language. That's critical. What are the challenges that you're working to overcome. I presume there's some of the ones we've already become familiar with one way or another, right? Lack of uh, of educational resources, lack of employment, mental health, poverty, things of these nature that we're well aware of these, right? So I presume this is all part of it. Maybe there's others. Absolutely. And what we're doing is we're saying, okay, what are residents telling us in, in real time? as well as what are their aspirations? What do they hope to see? And how do we tap in to support in the need, the immediate need and sustainability of future successes? With that, yes, there's lots of problems. There's lots of issues uh, throughout the com every community, right? But what we're saying is we can't fix all the problems, but we have a community that has resources that quite frankly, if we brought them all together, in the right model. And if we if we could model it properly and and plug in properly, then quite frankly we can collectively fix the issues. We can collectively stop putting patches because right now we're just putting patches. We have to be real. We have to be authentic. Resources are not reaching our black and brown communities in the same 
ways or in the with the same impacts or with the same abundance that they are in white communities where there's more wealth, right? We live in a capitalist society, in, in a capitalist country. And so at the end of the day, everything is really rooted in capitalism. Mm-hmm. And so how do we start to peel back the layers of capitalism to better understand how we plug in? So when you paint the picture of what life looks like after you have made some of the goals that you're aiming for, what is that? Uh, more people of color employed, educated. Is it that yeah. simple or is there more to it than that? There, well, there's more to it than that because those are mechanisms towards the goal. Uh-huh. So the goal is building generational assets and wealth, right? And and that comes through economic participation. Well, you can only participate successfully in, in a capitalist economy if you are educated. Mm-hmm. If you have access to resources, if you have access to financial products, to literacy options, to to uh, participating, to leadership and and decision making, being at the table to lift voice, to to ensure that the needs of particular communities are included in the decision making, not exclusive, but included. This is something I'd like to highlight. We're not in any way suggesting that there needs to be, and this is going to cause some controversy, So, <laughs> but I'm going to say it anyway. Mm-hmm. We're not looking at a shift in power per se. We're not saying that existing power must share power. What we're saying is, guess what? We have power. We already have power. We have systemically been tricked, and I'm going to just say it, I'm just going to be really raw with it, been tricked into believing we did not have power. We have power. It's about exercising that muscle. It's about activating that power. And if we do it collectively, we can get to some end goals faster and stronger. So what you might be saying, correct me if I'm wrong, communities of color have the power to do what you're talking about. Absolutely. But by virtue of just the way in which they may feel about that, they've not exercised it. And and quite frankly, systems are designed to continue to perpetuate the idea that we don't have power. I see. And what we're trying to do is shift our own mindsets as well and say, that's not true. That's not true. That's a lie. Mm-hmm. That's a lie. And we're done listening to the lie. Now let's activate, let's exercise our muscle. Let's activate that power and let's create the ecosystem that we need to create that supports all of our issues, all of our needs, and all of our aspirations for a successful future that gets us to generational asset and wealth building. So how will you know you have begun to see progress and momentum? Are you looking at statistics now? And and when you see those statistics change, you say, okay, now, now we're moving. It's a both and. It's a both and. Uh, you know, as a researcher, I look at both quantitative and qualitative data, uh-huh. right? So we're looking not only at the numbers, but we're going to the people and asking, how has your quality of life changed? Are you seeing a change in your quality of life? Do you feel more included in this community? Do you, do you see yourself showing up more in this community? Do you see yourselves in our downtown? Do you see yourselves across our community, not just in particular 
areas of our community? Mm-hmm. Are you showing up in businesses? Are you showing up in, in the banking systems? Are you participating in our local economy and beyond? Right. That's how we know it's it's a both and. And we're looking at the data. We're looking at the data of our partners. And that's how we're identifying the partners that we need to connect with. Where are the people that need it most not showing up in the data? That's what we're looking at. Uh-huh. Where are they not showing up in the data? So you talked about having connected with residents and talked to them about what challenges they're facing and, and so on. When you did that, do you ask them, are you involved in the community in these efforts in some way? Are you willing to be more involved? And what kind of responses do you get? Absolutely. And quite frankly, they are, but there is a trust issue. Uh, It is very difficult to trust systems that perpetuate harms that you see showing up in your life on a daily basis. I get it. So they're only participating and engaging with the leaders that they trust the most the network members. And that's what we're doing. We're trying to bring together the leaders that they already have relationships with. And we're trying to bridge the gaps by creating and supporting relationships with those leaders and other community partners so that we can start to build more relationships between residents and the existing systems and existing voices and existing power structures so that we now all belong to a singular power structure in which we're all all of our voices are included, lifted, and and supported. I'm curious, you talked about capitalism and uh, access to jobs and, and building wealth and so on. I'm curious about your view of the big battery plant that Ford intends to build. Do you see that as a, a wealth of employment opportunities for communities of color like other people do for, for all communities? They see this as a an opportunity to achieve some of the goals I think you're talking about. What do you see? (laughs) Well, quite frankly, I would say it depends. Okay. It's going to depend. It's going to depend on if the leadership, the decision makers that are at the table are including the voices of those that they're trying to include in those employment opportunities so that we better understand how to support retention, right? And quite frankly, I I do want to lift up it's not just about the attainment of employment in in the uh, in our communities of color. It is about quality jobs, not just jobs, but quality jobs. Right. Because often uh, res- residents of color are provided the bottom of the barrel. They're they they are given the the options that nobody else wants to work, nobody else wants to do, and then often tokenized and and uh, harmed in those positions. And then we wonder why they don't stay in them, why they don't, it, it looks like they don't want to work. Mm-hmm. Well, let's look at the quality of job. Let's look at the pay that that is attached to that job. If, if you're going to offer someone a lower quality job, there should be a higher quality of payment. So how would you uh, hope to connect other stakeholders in the community to get behind this initiative. So maybe there's uh, people, uh, uh, initiatives, groups in the community that that are not part of this focus, but could be of assistance to you. How would you connect? Oh, absolutely. Please visit our website, www.villagenetworkofbc.com. Sign up for our newsletter. Follow us on Facebook and LinkedIn. Uh, support our member organizations and 
check out the work that they're doing. They're on the ground. They're working with residents on a daily basis on the ground every day, 24 hours, seven days a week. So often our leaders are thought to just be working during business hours like any other nonprofit. They are not. They are showing up at two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning when there is a crisis with a family. They are showing up when someone's child has been killed or hurt or harmed and they're in the hospital. They're showing up to support and wrap around households in the time of the most traumatic moments of their lives when, when they're in the most need. And so I want that to, to just be lifted up. And, and so I definitely encourage uh, our community members to visit our, our member organization. They're the vessels. The residents are partners. But the organizations, our leaders, our nonprofits, they are our small businesses. They're the vessels because they have they hold the relationships and the trust with residents. But what we don't want to do is we don't want to tokenize that trust either. We have to be very, very careful about how we're leveraging their trust in those relationships, because what we will not do is harm that. Well, I'm uh, thrilled to chat with you and uh, let's stay in touch. And and as you uh, have progress to report or updates to offer, we'd be glad to uh, to reconnect with you. Thank you. Happy to. Thank you for having me this morning. Well, thank you. Dr. Nakia Bayless is with the Village Network of Battle Creek. You can click through to their website through the show notes for this episode at battlecreekpodcast.com and learn more. Thank you.